Blog Talk Radio. The Bible says my king is a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Well, I wonder, do you know it? <laughs> David said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. My king is a, is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's august and he's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in high criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He is the coral necessity for spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He is the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent, and he beautifies the meager. I wonder if you know him. Well, this is my king. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his office is manifold, his promise is sure, his life is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his mercy is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough, his grace is sufficient, his reign is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind, you can't get him off of your head, you can't outlive him, 
and you can't live without him. Yeah! 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 That's my kid! All right. Amen, 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 amen. I greet you in the master's name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, my Lord and Savior, my God, my Elohim, my rock, my redeemer, my savior. Shabbat shalom to everyone out there in blog talk land, uh, pal talk land, out there on the internet in general, wherever you might be listening from. I want to welcome you all out to another edition of the Sword of the Spirit. I'm Brother Miles, and I'm your host. I hope everybody has had a blessed week and that you are ready to enter into your Sabbath and to eat from the word of Yah. It's been a very good week for me. I have no complaints. Yah is good and greatly to be praised. And you ought to give the Most High a hand clap of praise right now because you're still in the land of the living. And had it been his desire, you would not be here right now. So it was his desire that you be here, and you have yet another day to praise him and to observe his Sabbath and to lift him up. So, Father, we want to thank you right now. We want to glorify you and we want to lift you up. We want to magnify your name. We want to tell your name is that it's you and only you who are worthy of praise and honor and glory and dominion. We have been uh, doing the book of Genesis, and we're about to finish up the book of Genesis. Today I'm actually going to go back a few chapters uh, to chapter number 45. I know in the email that I sent out I said we were going to do 47 through the end. I'm going to go back to 45, um, where um, Jacob and his sons are just coming into Egypt, and we're going to pick it up there. But first, I'm going to pray us in, and then we're going to read from Psalm chapter 60 for the Sabbath uh, scripture. And so if I can have the ladies to uh, cover their heads, the men to uncover their heads, let us turn toward the east, toward Jerusalem, as Solomon Solomon said. When we are in the land of our captivity, and whether it be near or far, if we would turn toward Jerusalem and pray, he prayed that the Most High would hear our prayers. So, holy hands raised up to the Most High. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. We thank you for life and health and strength today. We thank you for the opportunity to once again come together and to break bread and to observe your Shabbat, a day of rest that you have ordained that your people should keep perpetually throughout all time. Father, I ask that you would forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I ask that you lead us not into temptation, but that you deliver us from evil. I ask that you hold out the iniquities of our forefathers against us, for they are all gone by the way of the grave, and, you are, and we are still yet here, seeking to keep your statutes, laws, and commandments in spirit and in truth. Father, you have said that your people Israel have done wickedly and that they have sinned against you and that they have walked contrary to you. And you have said that if we would confess our sins and not complain about the punishment that you have put upon us, and that if we would repent, that you would once again turn your eyes and your ears toward your people Israel. So, Father, we acknowledge that we have done wickedly before you, and we repent of the sins that we have committed against you. And our testimony will be to the nation that this is what happens when you disobey the Most High Yah. 
Now, Father, turn your eyes and your ears back towards your people, Israel. Hear our supplications and our prayers and deliver us from this captivity that you have sent us into. Father, we pray for Israel that is asleep, that you might wake them and give them an unction to come and keep your statutes, laws, and commandments. Pray for Israel that is awake, that you might give them a meek and a humble spirit, the spirit of love for you alone. Father, we pray for the seed of Abraham, that all whom you may call, that you may call the last one, give all those who you have called that chance to repent and come to you, and that your word might be fulfilled, that you would redeem all the seed of Abraham, all those who are in faith for Abraham. Now, Father, as we go to work in the kingdom, we ask that you would smile upon this work and that you would give us favor in all that we do. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, Yeshua HaMashiach, amen and amen. Our reading will come from the book of Psalms, chapter 60. The book of Psalms, chapter 60. And I do have my book open to this. To the chief musician upon Shushanda and a mictime of David, to teach when he strove with Aramharan and with Aramzabah, when Joab returned and smote, the, and smote Edom in the valley of salt, 12,000. O Elohim, thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us. Thou hast been displeased. O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble. Thou hast broken it. Kill the preachers thereof, for it shaketh. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Thou hast given a banner to them that feared thee, that it may be displayed because of truth, say lie. That, be, that thy beloved may be delivered. Save with thy right hand and hear me. Elohim has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shashem and meet out the valley of Sukkot. Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. And over and over Edom will I cast out my shoes. Philistia, Trump, triumph, uh, though because of me. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O Elohim, which hast cast us off? And thou, O Elohim, which did, which did not go out with our enemies? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through Elohim we shall do valiant. For he is, or for it is he that shall spread down our enemies. May the Most High add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the doing of His word. And sure, precious in my praise. Amen and amen. Now, to the book of Genesis, chapter forty-five. We're going to go in forty-five. I know I said we were going to start in forty-seven, but I want to go back a couple of chapters to make sure this is covered. Because it's important that we understand that when Joseph and Abraham, not Abraham, but uh, Jacob came into Egypt, how long they tarried there. And I want you to pay close attention to the blessings 
that Joseph and Pharaoh bestow upon uh, Jacob's family, Israel. And I want you to think of uh, what their conditions are. Because, see, many people believe that, oh, our people were in bondage in Egypt the first time in, in hard labor the whole 430 years, and it's just not true. Joseph hooked us up with the best of the best, and Pharaoh made sure. So we want to make sure that we keep our mindset on this um, so that when we start reading that uh, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Exodus, we have an understanding that um, the scriptures a lot of times does not give us straightway the amount of time that has passed. So you could be reading in one verse, and in the next verse, 80 years could have passed, or 40 years could have passed. And time frames are important, and we don't want to just to assume uh, that, oh, this was this time period. So on next week, I will probably, as part of that lesson, uh, I will break out the entire uh, time frame so that we can understand that um, there's another 400 years of bondage because the mm -hmm. word of Yah is, uh, Yah is precise. He, he doesn't throw hand grenades and get close to his prophecies. His prophecies have to come through exact. Mm -hmm. So we want to uh, pay close attention to those things, and we will bring that on next week. So Genesis chapter 45, starting in verse 1. Then Joseph could not reframe himself before all them that stood by him. Now, remember, his brothers have come down to buy food. He has, um, on the first occasion, uh, accused them of being spies. And then he keeps one of them and sends them back. Uh, well, he sends them back uh, to their father. He says, I will know that you are for real if you bring back your younger brother. Okay. So they don't go directly back, and they run out of food, and now they got to go back. Well, the second time that they come, uh, they take the younger brother with them. And Joseph sees him, and then uh, he sort of sets them up to where uh, he'll be able to keep the younger brother by saying that he stole something from them. But Judah um, begged Joseph and said, hey, if I don't return with this boy, uh, it will kill our father. And so he's going to, now we're at this point where he's about to reveal himself. So 45 and 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him, and he cried, because every man to go out from, his, from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians, of, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Joseph, what do you mean, you Joseph? We, we, we sold you into slavery. Oh, no. We're in trouble. And Joseph said to, unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourself that you sold me here, 
for Elohim did send me before you to preserve life. So Joseph is saying, hey, you sold me into Egypt for an evil, but it was really the will of the Most High. He sent me here ahead to preserve your lives because now I am second in command in Egypt. So the Most High set me up where I can keep you. For these two years has a famine been in the land, and yet there are five, in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And Elohim sent me before you to preserve you as a prosperity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not, so now it was not you that uh, sent me here, but Elohim, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh. And uh, and Yah, or master of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt, or hurry you and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph. Elohim has made me Lord or master of all Egypt. Come down unto me and tarry not. Don't wait. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Now, Goshen is like the best of the best land in Egypt. It's like whatever the highest value land is, wherever you're at, where all the rich people live, it's all cultivated and everybody desires it. This is what Goshen was in Egypt in this day. And thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children and thy children's children, and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast, and there will I nourish you. For yet there are five years of famine, least thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Now, Jacob has riches, but when it comes to where you can't feed your flocks and they're going to all die out, so all the cattle and the sheep and the camels and all that stuff that you have, if they can't eat, they're going to die out, and you're going to, what, dwindle into poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And you shall say, and you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that you have seen, and you shall haste or hurry, and bring down my father here. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. So remember that Jacob had um, four wives, well, really two wives, and then he also had slept with the handmaiden. Well, Joseph and uh, Benjamin are the children of Rebekah, and Rebekah has, has died. And so when Joseph was taken, Rebekah is the one that, that uh, Jacob loved. The children by her were his favorite. We'd have to say it that way. And the other brethren are what? They're kind of, they've been always been jealous. So that's how Joseph got sold into slavery to begin with, because of the jealousy of his brother. And now he's going, he's saying, hey, you meant me to do me harm, but Elohim meant this for good, meant to preserve your life. And moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well, and his servants. 
And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, lay your, your beast, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your household, and come unto me, and I will give you the goods of the land of Egypt. Joseph is in such high esteem that Pharaoh said, hey, I'm going to give you the good of the land of Egypt, Joseph's family. And you shall eat the fat of the land. So we're in famine, but you ain't going to have to worry about starving. And Joseph's going to see to it, and he has the blessings of Pharaoh to see to it. Now thou art commanded this do you. Now thou art commanded this do you. Take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Here, here's the transportation. Go get everybody. Bring them back here. Also regard not yourself, for the good of the land, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. So he's hooking them up, and Pharaoh's hooking them up and saying, hey, this is a commandment. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh and gave them provision for the way. To all of them he gave each man change of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. This is my, this is my, my, my blood brother. We're all uh, the seed of Jacob, but, you know, we have the same mother. And to his father he sent after this manner, ten asses laden with the good things of Egypt, and ten she asses laden with the corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. Now remember, uh, Jacob, for Pharaoh or for uh, Joseph, because he feared that, hey, he might keep my son. You know, they came back here with the money that they, that they took last time. Uh, I, you know, I need to appease this man. But now he's receiving all these gifts from what? Egypt. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that y'all fall not by the way. Don't, don't, don't be playing around. Don't do anything that uh, is going to get you in trouble. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father. And told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Please, my son is dead. It's been 17 years that has gone by, or 13 years, actually. And they told him all the words, they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. He got his strength back. And his confidence was raised. He became what? Happy. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Genesis chapter 46. Starting in verse 1. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto Elohim of his father Isaac. And Elohim spake unto Israel in a vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. 
And he said, I am Elohim, the Elohim of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I, for I will there make of thee a great nation, and I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones and their wives in wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought him, brought he with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Jacob and his son, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the son of Reuben, Hanah, and Pelu, and uh, and Hezron, and Carmi, and the sons of Simeon, Jemiel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jacob. And Zohar and Shaul, and the son of the Can- the son of the Canaanitish woman, and the sons of Levi, Gershon, Gohath, or Kohath, and Morari, and the sons of Judah, Ur and Onan, and Shalah and Perez and Zerah. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Perez were Hezron and Ham- and Hamul, and the sons of Ishkar, Talul. And uh, Uba and Job and Shimron and the sons of Zebulon, Sered and Elon and Jahaliel. These be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Padanarama, uh, with her daughter of with her daughter Dina. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were thirty and three, and the sons of Gad. Zithion, and Haggai, and Shuni, and Isbon, Eri, Arati, and Arila, and Arila, and the sons of Asher, Jimnah, and Isha, and, and Isu, and Boriah, and Sarah, their sisters, and the sons of Boriah, or Borah, Ebor, and Machil. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah, his daughter. And these bear unto Jacob even sixteen souls, and the sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph, and Benjamin. I said Rebecca, but it was Rachel. My bad. And unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of, of On, bare unto him. And the sons of Benjamin were Belah and uh, Beecher and Ashbel and Gera and Naaman, Eha and Rosh and uh, Mapim and Hupim and Ar. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were 14. And the sons of Dan and the sons of Naphtali, Jazil and Guni and Jazir and Shalem. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel, his daughter, and she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins besides Jacob's sons' uh, wives, and all the souls were threescore and six. 
So three score and six is 66. And the sons of Joseph who were born in Egypt were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were three score and ten. So 70 souls. Three score, three times 20, plus 10. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, if I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. And Joseph said unto his brethren and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. The men are shepherds, for their trade has been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass, when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, What is your occupation? Then you shall say, Thy servant's trade has been about cattle from our youth, even until now, both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. So they're coming into the land. They are what? Shepherds, herdsmen. But this is an abomination to the Egyptians. But it's not going to stop them from mixing with the Egyptians, nor the Egyptians with them. But it is to segregate them. So key things to remember here. Joseph has told his father, tell Pharaoh, you are a herdsman. And this is an abomination to the, being a herdsman to, for the Egyptians is an abomination. Because why? They were nations, they were city builders and farmers. So that they considered the herdsmen or that trade to be what? An abomination. But their, their economy ran by building cities as a nation. Genesis chapter 47, starting in verse 1. Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. And behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said, Moreover, unto Pharaoh, for to sojourn in the land all we come, for thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land, make thy father and thy brethren to dwell. But didn't I tell you earlier that Pharaoh and Joseph gave um, Jacob and his family the best of the best in Egypt? This is going to be very important uh, when it comes to the prophecy concerning uh, Israel leaving and being in bondage. How do you get the people to want to leave when they got the best of the best? 
Think about this. You have the best of the best. You're living in the best of the best land, wherever you're at, whatever nation you're in. You're blessed. Some hundreds of years are going to go by. How could God make you want to leave that land? Just consider this. So, the land of Egypt is before thee, and the best of the land make thy father and brethren to dwell, and the land of those who let them dwell. And if thou knowest any man of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. So they are the royal herdsmen now. They have their flocks and all the flocks of who? The royal flocks of Egypt. And Joseph brought his uh, and Joseph brought his and Jacob his father and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. So Jacob is 130 years old now. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not obtained unto the days of the years of the life of my father in the days of their pilgrimage. So he said, hey, we have long life. My 130 years is a few years for my people. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them, uh, let's see, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out before Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of famine. But Jacob and his sons have what? And their families have access to the fat of the land. And Joseph gathered all the money that he found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when money failed in the land of Egypt, so the the famine is going on so long that the people have come and they have bought corn uh, to eat and now they have run out of money and cannot, can no longer buy what? Can no longer buy food, corn. So the money failed. We ought to think about some circumstances that might happen like that today. What if that happened in the United States? What if there was such a great famine in the land that the food couldn't be grown anymore and we couldn't import it because there was such a famine all over? And so you're coming and you're buying food that's stored up, and then you run out of money. What could you trade to eat? So let's see what these people do. And Joseph said, give your cattle, and I will give your, give your cattle if money fails. And Joseph said, give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if money fails. So they got no money. Joseph said, hey, bring your cattle. Trade them for food if your money fails, if you ain't got no more money. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses and for flocks and for the cattle of the herd 
and for asses, he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. When the year was ended, they came unto him the second year and said unto him, We will not hide it from my Lord or from our master. How that our money is spent, my Lord also has our herds of cattle. There is, not, there is nothing left in the sight of my, my master, but our bodies and our, and our land. Wherefore shall we die before thine eyes? But, uh, we had, but we had our land. Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh. And give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. So Joseph is hooking this thing up where Pharaoh's going to end up. Pharaoh didn't own all the land in Egypt. He was the Pharaoh, but the people owned their land. Now Joseph is hooking it up where now all the land is going to pass from the people to Pharaoh. And Joseph bought, bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them. So the land became Pharaoh. And, and as for the people, he removed them to city from one end of the border of Egypt even to the other end thereof. So these farmers and stuff, uh, their land is desolate. Their land now belongs to Pharaoh. Joseph moves them off of it and moves them into the city. Only the land of the priests bought he not, for the priests had a portion assigned to them of Pharaoh and did eat their portion which Pharaoh gave them, wherefore they sold not their land. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you. You shall sow the land. So now he's saying, here's seed. Now you're going to go. It's, uh, the land has not been growing anything. So you would have thought that they would have taken some of the seed that they had been uh, selling for, selling their money, their, their, their uh, land for, and what have you, but nothing would grow on the land. So now after they've sold their land, now Joseph giving them seed and said, now go sow. And it came to pass in the increase that you shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall, your, shall be your own for seed of the land and for your food and for them of your household, and for food of your little ones. So you keep four parts out of five. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my, my master, which, uh, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth part, except the land of the priests only, which became not Pharaoh's. So, Joseph set this up, so this also has to be a spiritual law concerning tithes and offerings and these different portions. Okay. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt and in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So that's the whole age of Jacob, which was 140 and seven years. So remember, he came into the land, he was 130. In a couple of, in a cup, in, in just one or two paragraphs, now 17 years have gone by. Okay? So this was not something that happened, this was not what, immediate. These paragraphs, 
The time passage here is not the next day or the next month, but now 17 years have gone by because this is critical that we understand the way the scriptures are written. If the Bible doesn't give us a specific time right then, then you might assume that it's the next day or the next month or even the next year. But a lot of times it can be many years that have passed by. So in this case, it's 17 years. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If not, I have found grace in thy sight. Put I, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bear me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will die with my but I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt bury me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. He, and he said, And I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he swear unto him. And Israel bowed himself upon uh, upon the bed, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed bed. The book of Genesis chapter forty eight, starting in verse one. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick, and took him and, and took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon, sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, Elohim Almighty appeared unto me at love in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land to, the, to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into, the, into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So he's saying, Your sons are going to be as my sons to me. They are included in the blessing. You are my son. They are my son. Just as Reuben and Simeon are my son. And thy issue which thou begattest after them shall be thine. And shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. As for me, when I came from uh, Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come into Ephra. Uh, and I buried her there in the way of Ephra, the same as Bethlehem. Israel beheld Joseph's son and said, Who are these? And Joseph said his, unto his father, They are my sons, whom Elohim has given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, and I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. He brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face. And lo, Yah has, or Elohim has showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand, toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched forth out, and Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, 
and he left and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hand wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, Elohim, before whom my father Abraham and Isaac did walk, the Elohim which fed me all my life long until this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, blessed the lad, and let my, my name be named on them, the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, so he's bringing them into the covenant, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. <clears throat> and his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people. He also shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel, shall Israel bless, saying, Elohim make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh, and set Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but Elohim shall be with you, and bring you again into the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorites, with my sword and with my bow. So he said, hey, I've blessed you in the land of Canaan, and I've given you one portion above, but I've given all your brothers. And Jacob called unto uh, Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last day, the latter days. This is what, who they are to become. Gather yourselves together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel, your father. So you would think that, um, um, well, you have to know that Jacob's name was changed to what? Israel. And Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power, unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed. Then the foulest thou is. He went up to my couch. So he said, hey, you think I didn't know it? I didn't say anything to you, but you went and slept with my concubine? Uh, you are my firstborn, but you are as unstable as water, and you're not going to excel. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. So these brothers, he's saying, they are what? Instruments of cruelty. O oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor be not thou united, but in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. 
Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Now, you know this is not Jacob talking. This is the Most High. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemy. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. You're going to be the ruler of all your brethren. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, until Messiah come. And unto him shall be the gathering of the people be. So here's the prophecy of Messiah right here, because Shiloh is speaking of Messiah. Binding his pole unto his vine, and his ass's coat unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grace. So Judah loves to drink. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Zebulun shall dwell at, a, at, at the haven of the sea. He shall be for a haven of ships. And his brother shall be unto, and his border shall be unto Zidon. So Zebulon is going to be um, a seaman. Ishakar is a strong ass crouching down between two birds. A burden carrier. He saw, he saw the rest was good, and the land that it was pleasant. And he bowed his shoulder to bear, and became a servant unto tribute. Now, there is a prophecy there. I don't know whether he's going to be paying tribute or uh, he's going to be receiving it, but it looks like he's going to be paying it because he bowed and became a servant unto tribute. So he's going to uh, be bearing the burden, and he's going to be, uh, looks like he's going to, to be a farmer or some type of landholder, uh, but he's going to always be up under two burdens, even unto tribute. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels. When, a, when, a, when an adder biteth a horse's heels with the rider on it, what does it do? The horse bucks up and knocks the rider off, but he shall overcome at the, uh, let's see, so that his rider shall fall backwards. So he's um, he's going to be sneaky. He's going to be uh, a viper, a snake. I have waited by thy, I have waited for thy salvation, O Yah. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. So Gad is going to be overran, but then he's going to what? Overcome at at the last, at the end. Out of Asher, his bread shall be fat. And he shall yield royal dainty. So Asher's supposed to be what? And have royalty within him as well. This is Judah. Naphtali is a hind that loose. A hind is like a, a wild dog, a, a wild wolf. Uh, so he's like a, a wild dog or a wild uh, a wolf that loose. He giveth goodly words. Sounds like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Joseph is fruitful, is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. 
So Joseph is what flourishing and very fruitful. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty Elohim of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Now this is in brackets. Uh, so Joseph is saying, from thence, from Joseph is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by Elohim thy father, who shall help thee, and by thy and by Almighty, even by the Elohim of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, and blessings of breast and of the womb. So you're gonna have uh, you're gonna multiply because he's blessing you with women and their womb shall be fruitful. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessing of my progenitors and to the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and the crown of the head of, his, and the crown of, the head of him that was separated from his brethren. Benjamin shall raven as a wolf or raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey and at night he shall divide the spoil. So he's going to be like uh, a fighter. And these are the 12 tribes of Israel. This is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the land or in the cave that is in the land uh, that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite. In the cave that is in the field of uh, Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron, a Hittite, for possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. There I buried Leah. The, pur- the purchase of the field and of the cave that is therein was from the children of Heth. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his son, he gathered up his, up his feet into the bed and yielded up the goat and was gathered unto his people. We have Jacob dying and prophesying what will happen to his sons, all of them, unto the latter days, Who they, what type of people, they would become. And it sounds kind of that they're going to be kind of wicked. And we know that we turned out that way. But the nation of Israel is promised to us. So the Most High already knows, and he chose us for a reason. Let's go into the book of Exodus, or Genesis chapter 50. Sorry. And Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. That's what the Egyptians did. And the the physicians embalmed Israel. And 40 days were fulfilled for him. 
for so all fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him threescore and ten days. So the Egyptians mourned for him for what? Seventy days. And when the days of his mourning were passed, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die. In my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan, there shalt thou bury me. Now, therefore, let me go up, and I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. And Pharaoh said, Go up, and bury thy father, according as he made thee swear. And Joseph went up to bury his father, and was with him up. Let me read that. And Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt. And all the house of Joseph and his brethren and his father's house, only their little ones and their flocks and their herds, did they did they leave or did they left? And their herds they left in the land of Goshen, and they went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a great, very great company. And they came to the threshing floor at Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, and there they mourned with a great and very sore lamentation. With a very sore lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. And when the habitations of the land, the Canaanites saw the mourning in the floor of the tab, they said, This is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Wherefore the name of it was called Albezaram, which is beyond Jordan. And his sons did unto him according as he commanded them. So the people in the land of Canaan think that. All these people who are coming are what? Egyptians. Now let you know that you can't distinguish an Egyptian from a what? Hebrew. And his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah. And Abraham fought with the field for uh, a possession of a burying place of Ephron, the Hittite, before Mamre. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. So they still got this on his mind. They're on, on this, they still got this on their mind that Joseph means to do them harm because of what, what they did to him. And they probably thinking that, you know, the only reason why he didn't do anything because daddy was still alive. But now daddy's dead. And he's going to get us. And they sent a messenger unto a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespasses of thy brethren and their sins. For they did unto for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespasses of the servants of the Elohim of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Now you know, I was wondering when I was reading this earlier. Don't know why I had not thought of this before, but, you know, it makes you wonder if Joseph ever told Jacob what actually happened. But it appears uh, that he did. And now they're saying he's caught, he told them to come and apologize to him. And brethren, 
and his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. So the dream uh, that he had when he had on the mini coat of uh, them bowing down to him is happening over and over and over again. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the for am I in the place of Elohim? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but Elohim meant it unto good to bring it to pass, as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear you not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years old. Now, if we had paid attention to uh, the time frame, Joseph was about 30 when the, um, when the famine started. And he's about 37 uh, so Joseph was about 37 when the famine started. He's 30 when the seven good years came, 37 when the famine starts. Israel or Jacob comes into the land when he's 39. So now he's a, now there is 71, roughly 71 years have passed by. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, which brought up unto which which brought up unto Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and Elohim will surely visit you and bring you out of the land unto the land which he swear, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, Elohim will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt. So we have um, roughly about 71 years have passed by. So when we read in Exodus, their total sojourn there is 430 years. Even if you subtract this 71 years uh, from that um, 430, you come up with about 360, 359 years, which is less than 400 years. So this could not be fulfilling that prophecy. that the most I made to Abraham. We'll go ahead. We got uh, something about another 45 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and start in the book of Exodus, and we're going to continue. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Ishakar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died in all his brethren, in all that generation. So all the 70 souls are dead. So we know some time has gone by. The scriptures are trying to give us a hint. All that generation, some were older than Joseph, some were younger than Joseph, but they're now all what dead all the 70, not their offspring, but the original 70 that came in. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. 
Now, we think that this is a new pharaoh, okay? But I believe it's in the psalm. It tells us that it was an Egyptian that actually, um, what's the word I want to look for here? There was an Egyptian that, that actually put them in bondage. Not an Egyptian, an, an Assyrian that put them in bondage, that afflicted them. So this new pharaoh, we can read in the scriptures and we understand that Egypt got taken over, okay? And this is how this pharaoh thinks that the Hebrews are more than they are. It would be true because the Assyrians are an occupying force. The Egyptians have been taken over, so the Hebrews are more than the Assyrians. But if you read this the way it's written, you would think that it's more than the Egyptians. Okay. But we have to understand what the history is saying. The Bible tells us that there was an Assyrian that actually afflicted the children of Israel. And so now we have a Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph. And, you know, the, the way I first got on this was, the Egyptians had immaculate records. How in the world could there ever come up a pharaoh that didn't know Joseph? Because his name would have been written. And it's only been 200 years maybe, 300 at the most. So that's three lifetimes or four lifetimes if they lived to be 70 or if it was 50, however many Pharaohs, that is. But the truth of the matter is, they could name their pharaohs all the way back. So Joseph would have been in there. The only way that they could not have known there could be a pharaoh that didn't know Joseph was that they got conquered by some nation that didn't recognize Egyptian history. Okay. So let's continue here. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. The we are the Assyrians. Come now, let us deal wisely with them. Least they multiply, and it comes to pass that when they fall us out, when uh, when there falls out any war, they join unto our enemy and fight against us. So so get them out of the land, and so get them out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with burdens. Now remember what was their official job up under Pharaoh. They are the royal herdsmen. So now he's going to put them to work building cities. Come now, let us deal wisely with them. Least they multiply, and it comes to pass that when they, when there falls out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh, this Pharaoh, Treasure city, Pithom and Ramsey. Because their, their original job would have been what? Herdsmen. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. So Egypt has been taken over by the Assyrians, but they have kept the title of Pharaoh. And now it is appearing that the Egyptians or what? Making them serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. 
all their servants, wherein they made them serve, was with rigor. So they just enslaved them, no matter what they were doing. But their original job going to be what hurts me. And the king of Egypt spake to Hebrew midwife, of which the name of one was uh, Shifra, and the name of the other poor. And he said, when you do the office of midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stool, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then you shall, she shall live. And we want to kill all the male children, and we want to keep alive the girl children so that we can make with them. That's more or less what he's saying. But the midwives feared Elohim and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And when the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? The midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere or before the midwives come in unto them. Therefore, Elohim dwelt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared Elohim, that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, now he told the midwives, it's the Hebrew midwives, now he's going to tell the people, the Egyptian people, that he's taken over. All, and, and Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. So he's now telling his people, when you see these women in labor, if they have a, a child, this is a royal edict. If it's a boy, you kill him, throw him in the river. If it's a girl, you keep them alive. Wickedness. And there went a man out of the house of Levi and took to, a, uh, took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw, that, saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him for him an ark of bulrush and dubbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags of the river spring. And his sister stood afar off to, wit, to witness what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself in the river, and her maidens walked along the, along the riverside. And when they saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. What's that over there? Go get it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? The sister is smart. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother, her mother, which was Moses' mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, and Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him up, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses. 
and said, because I drew him out of the water. Moses is not a Hebrew name. It is a what? Egyptian name. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren. So now Moses is grown, and he's going out unto his brethren. How many years do you think just went by? According to the scriptures, this is 40 years later. Okay, and we can find that in the scriptures in the New Testament and elsewhere. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out into his brethren and looked on their burdens and spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. You beat no one of my kinsmen. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to, and said to him that did wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and judge? Uh, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Okay, so he killed this, this Egyptian for really beating up on his on his people, and now his own people saying, Who made you a judge over us? Are you going to kill us like you killed that Egyptian? I mean, that's just like a. And Moses said, man, this thing, this, you know, I'm busted. This thing is out. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. Now, the priests of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the trials to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But the Moses stood up and helped him, them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, his, their father, he, he said, How is it that you are coming so soon today? <clears throat> and they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us, and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah, Zipporah his wife, uh, for his daughter's father. And she bare him a son and called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it came to pass uh, in process of time. And this is what goes on, the process of time. That the king of Egypt died. We don't know how much, how long went by, right? We just know that some time has gone by. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of their bondage. And they cried. And their cry came up unto Elohim by reason of their bondage. And Elohim heard their groaning, and Elohim remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And Elohim looked upon the children of Israel, and Elohim had respect unto them. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, as a priest of Midian. Now this is a priest, okay? Jethro is a priest because this is going to be important. Because Jethro knows Elohim. He knows the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And Israel want to feel that Israel is the only people that God has ever dealt with. So when he says, only you have I known, that means that I've taken you as my own. I have not taken any other nation like this. But I've not you're not the only people that I've ever dealt with. And so we we have a tendency to become puffed up and prideful uh, when we hear that. Okay. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Horeb. So the, the Most High was in walking distance of the Midianites, right? And Jethro, the priest. And the angel of Elohim appeared unto him in a, in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. The angel of Yah appeared unto him. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now think about this. This bush is on fire, but it's not burning up. This is what the Most High is going to do to everybody that he throws into the lake of fire. You're going to have eternal life. You're going to be thrown into the lake of fire. You're going to be on fire, but you're not going to be consumed. But you're going to feel the fire. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In this case, the bush is burning, uh, but it's not being consumed, and the bush is not being hurt. And the angel of Yah appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. So you know this had to be... For him to be able to tell that this bush was burning, was on fire but not burning, uh, this had to look something special. And when Yah saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called on him out of the midst of the bush and said, Most, most, he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh here. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon, whereupon, the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am Elohim of thy father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon Elohim. And, the, and Yah said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrow. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land with, and large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevitites, and the Jebusites. Jerusalem, everybody that belonged to Jerusalem was a Jebusite. And therefore, behold, cried the children of Israel. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. 
Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto Elohim, Who am I? I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve Elohim upon this mountain. And Moses said unto Elohim, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The Elohim of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And Elohim said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And Elohim said moreover unto Moses, Thus sayest thou unto the children of Israel, Yah Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, and the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. Now, the reason I'm using Yah here in this place, uh, the name given in the book is going to be Jehovah, but I'm convinced of the name of, uh, of Yah in every place where they had capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, was his name. Yah, the self-existent one. Okay. And Elohim said moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Yah, Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name, and this is my memorial unto your to all generations. Now, I want you to notice that he said unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, My name. Yah, Yahweh, if you are convinced of Jehovah, whatever you're convinced of, but he used his name here. Tell them, Yah, Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of, of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. His memorial and his name is not Lord. Lord is a title, and it's a replacement for his name. The translators did this, and we really ought to get away from this. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, Yah, Elohim of your fathers, Elohim of, of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt, and I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of, the, of Egypt unto the land of Canaan, and the Hevitites, and the Amorites. Let me read that. And I have said, I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt up uh, unto the land of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevitites, and the Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come. Thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, Yah, Elohim of the Hebrews, has sent me unto, with, has met with us. And now let us go, we beseech thee, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to Yah, our Elohim. And 
and I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my my wonders, which I do, will do in the midst thereof. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it will come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and shall be and shall put them upon their sons and upon their daughters, and shall spoil the Egyptians. So he's saying, I'm going to give you favor with the Egyptians when I bring you out, and you ain't coming out empty-handed. Exodus chapter 4. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, Yah has not appeared unto you. And Yah said unto him, What is it in thine hand? He said, A rod. He said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And Yah said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that Yah Elohim of their fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob has appeared unto thee. And Yah said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. Now, Truthfully speaking, if this was a white person and they put their hand in and pulled it out, you can't tell a leprous, leper, leprosy looks just like a white person's hand. So it wouldn't have turned any color. So this has to tell you that uh, Moses was a person of color, so this appeared to be a, a miracle. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again, and he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And he, and it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that, you, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the land, and the water that thou takest out of the river shall become blood, upon the dry land. And Moses said unto Yah, my uh, said unto Yah, my master, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And Yah said unto him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seen or the blind? Have not I? Yeah. Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou wilt say. And he said, O oh my, oh my Lord, O oh my Master, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of Yah was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the, the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad. He will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with my, thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you. 
and what what you shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even, he shall be as unto, let me read that, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be in, to him instead of Elohim. And thou shalt take his rod, this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt do sign. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And Yah said unto Moses, In Midian, Go, return unto Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his son and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod that Elohim, of Elohim in his hand. And Yah said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. But I will harden, but I will harden his heart, and he shall not let the people go. I was having this discussion last night. Uh, some people called me, you know, chimed me and uh, wanted to talk about um, this thing. And we got on this subject, and I showed him, I said, hey, the Most High hardens whom he will. And he says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will harden whom I will harden. Pharaoh tries to repent. And let Egypt, go, let uh, Israel go out of Egypt. What does the Most High just say? You do these wonders before Him, and every time I'm going to harden His heart, so He won't let the people go. There's a reason for this. Let's continue. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus says Yah. Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. And it came to pass by the way in the end that Yah met him and sought to kill him. So Yah met, he meets Moses in the end. And Yah is seeking to kill Moses. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. Moses had not circumcised his own son. And I have to believe that the Most High told him to do it and he didn't do it. And the Most High was going to kill him. So let me read up above this again, make sure I'm not adding to or taking away. No. So so she says, Thou art a bloody husband, thou art to me. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art because of the of the circumcision. So remember, if you are the seed of Abraham, you must be what circumcised. Apparently, Moses was circumcised, but he didn't circumcise his son. 
and Zipporah knows about it. And evidently Moses wasn't going to do this thing, so Zipporah was going to kill him or his son, one of the two. And Yah said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of Elohim and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of Yah, who had sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which Yah had spoken unto Moses, and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed, and when they heard that Yah had visited the children of Israel, that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Okay, so we are going to stop here for today, and we will pick it back up starting in chapter Exodus chapter 5 on next week. Um, with the Most High dealing with Egypt. And what we want to take, you know, if you read ahead, what you want to look for is all the plagues that the Most High brings on Egypt are the gods, the things that they worship, even up to Pharaoh. But he's already told Moses to tell Pharaoh, if you don't let my son go, I will kill your firstborn. So when Pharaoh pronounces the, the, uh, Edict to kill all the firstborn and uh, to kill all the firstborn of uh, the Hebrew Israelites. When he makes that edict, the Most High turns and says, "Okay, now it's time to kill his son to show him that he's not a god." So, if you read ahead, look for those things. Look for uh, the works that the Most High is doing because they're not just random works. They're not just random plays. Okay, with that being said, uh, may the Most High be with you, may he keep you, may he encamp his angels around, and may he bless your goings in and your goings out. Until next week, love one another, peace and blessings.